Hey everyone, welcome once again to Podcast in Death, the weekly podcast where we discuss the in-death series of books by J.D. Robb. I am AJ. I'm Dan. I'm Tara. This is episode um, 103 of Podcast in Death, and we're going to talk about Haunted in Death. Haunted in Death. Which is part of the Bump in the Night. Bump in the Night, yep. Um, which I have right here. Oh, look Ooh. at that. Yeah, so this We've was got original. Fancy version. Well, this is the original version right here. Yeah, no, I've got it too. Yeah. Right. And this was released when? I'm trying to see the release date here. Um, I want to say like early 2000s, yeah. Yeah, 2006, it says. And with, um, as with a lot of the um, novellas at this time, you know. Nora was writing with three other writers mm-hmm. and they were each writing a story and they were and all the stories had a theme and, you know, yeah. Um, in this case, uh, she was writing with Mary Blaney, Ruth mm-hmm. Ryan Lanigan and Mary Cake McComas, who I think are the three that are they, are they the three that, from this point became constant in, in the yes. Yep. After, after interlude, I think because interlude, I know she did the one with Laurel, whatever faces, the Anita Blake books. Right. And she said she would never write with her again. Okay. Um, I didn't know any of this because I'm just like, uh, well, she she was supposed to write a novella and she didn't. She wrote the first chapter of her next book, mm. oh, which is dumb. bullshit. <laughs> it is bullshit. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, Hunt and Death was part of that. Um, yeah, part of that anthology. Anthology, and yeah. um, then after that. I, I seem to remember that they had at one point in time released it on its own because in my head I'm looking they did, at yeah they had, it was really well, thin. they released um, a book with I think Tara mentioned it last week that she had the three in death right yeah, they released so three in death violent, that's the one that I but I want to say that they because like okay let me hang on. <laughs> You're getting a little extra here with this with this episode. So, did you see this? Yeah, I have that, but I don't think oh. they did with Haunted. So, what I'm holding up is the single title release of just Midnight and Death, and it's this tiny, tiny little paperback that's two ninety nine. Yeah, when I bought it, but I think that's the only one they released that way. I don't remember any of the other ones being released that way. You don't think so? I don't think so. I, I I might I could be wrong. Our listeners can weigh in here, but I oh now, now I am holding up the single title of Interlude in Death. Oh, all right. I guess I'm wrong. I don't have any of those. So. I didn't even you know I looked I saw this one. I saw this one up there and I was like, oh, okay. I have the, I have and, the Midnight and Death, but I don't have the interlude. So, yeah. I, I don't think this hmm. is available anymore. But I, I no, don't. No, it was like a special release. It was a. 
Yeah. It, it but I don't deal. see, I don't see that I have one for this book. So maybe they just did those two. I was going to say, cause yeah, I, like I said, I only remember Midnight being released. I don't even I remember. Any of like no, watch that, me pull so. out another. <laughs> I have, like I said, I have the three in death and then yeah, I don't think I have any. Of- I got the anthologies after that, but I never read anything but the novellas by Nora. I was like, fuck everything else. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, I read all of them in, I forget which one it was, but there was one that like had a, it had a like through line for the whole ser- for the whole anthology. Oh yeah. It was that um, the one where, um, she, Eve was like, yeah. There was like time travel and, and yeah, Eve which saw one was some that? kid and her. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Which one was that? So I was like, Oh, okay. I'll read the rest of them. Um, I think, no, no it was no, it wasn't one. I want to say it was. I've read um, each of them exactly like once. I was like, mm. oh, was it? Was it the sweet six six? Oh yes, six? yes it was. Yes, yeah. oh, you're right. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah. That, um, um, ritual. Oh, I, I think that one's ritual. Ritual and ritual. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, so um, I read the rest of them, and I've actually read some Mary Kay McComas because she's friends with Nora, so she must be mm-hmm. good. And she's pretty good. She's a pretty good author. Okay. So. So if um, I became friends with Nora, I would suddenly be able to yeah, be a so, good author? <laughs> Probably not. I uh, mean. Uh, apparently some of it rubs off. Maybe. I don't know. You I don't know. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> I think I think, I think Nora is I think Nora is bitchy enough to say "fuck you." You're a shitty author, and I don't want anything to do with you. Oh, that's fair. I think you know, you know what? what? No, I, mean, I don't think so because I think oh, Nora I is. I do. I think well, she is. You think? So? I don't think. I don't think that's a bad thing. Well, I, I think that we're not without provocation. Right. right. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Um. Because I think she she had kind of a little beef with uh, J.R. Ward yeah. after one of the Romance Authors of America conferences. Huh. And she kind of called her out and was like, what the fuck are you doing? You're ridiculous. And I was like, oh, all right. And, you know, I mean, again, provocation. If yeah. Not, she's yeah, not going to sure. just... She's not going to just walk up to somebody that she doesn't like their work and go like, you oh, know no, what? No, no, right. no, 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 no. <laughs> no, not at all. But I think for her to be friends with somebody, I think it would take, I think she would need to respect their work. Oh, that's what you're saying. Yeah, um, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Without, without, without at some point, is that what you're saying? Without at some point going to them and going, look, dude. Yeah. We need to talk about your writing. Right. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, but I love that Nora's a bitch. I do. (laughs) It's all good. I know. I really do. I love it. I think it's fantastic because I don't think enough authors are bitches. Sometimes you need that. Sometimes you really do need that for as an author, especially as a a woman in. And um, she needs to 
Yeah, you got to have that thick skin. You only live yeah. once. Like, you can choose who you want to interact with. And and especially when you're a romance author. Yes. You've got to have that thick skin. I and that's So, um, on Faded Mates, this last um, episode was uh, they interviewed Jude Devereaux. Oh, yeah. Okay. So they interviewed Jude Devereaux. And she told a story mm-hmm. about how... I've heard of that person. Yeah. <laughs> she told a story about how... And she was there, like, at the very beginning. Like, yeah. 70s. Mm-hmm. She told a story about how um, she had gotten published. Um, she had basically gotten herself published on... Her, on she put she sent a manuscript into Avon or something like that. And they bought it right away. Right. But then she decided she didn't want to be with Avon anymore. And she got a, a manager and that, that guy, and it was a guy and he screwed her over and put, got her into all these horrible contracts that she hated. And, um, she, there was one specific, um publisher that she wanted to be with for whatever reason i guess they were the biggest publisher at the time or big you know some some reason Mm -hmm. she wanted to be at this particular publishing house so she had fired a manager she set up her own meeting because the because her her manager was like you're never going to get in with them i mean just how it is you're never going to get in and so she fired him and then she called up the ceo of that publishing house and set up a meeting. Oh God. Good for and her. She, but, but she, yeah, but we're talking about balls, right? What it took. Yeah. Then, especially when she started, when, yeah. when Nora started. Um, and she said she had read uh, a New York times article about this guy saying he was one of the uh, worst publishers in the business. Like one of the worst people in, in terms of being a person like the worst. Okay. In publishing. And she was like, I don't care about that. Fuck that. I want to be at this publishing house. So she said they went to lunch and the guy sat there the whole time, apparently disparaging her, disparaging her work, like calling her all kinds of names. Like, you know, you'll never make it in this business type of thing. Like, you know, but your work is crap or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, The whole lunch. And she said, I just sat there and, and at the end of the lunch was like, okay, well, are you going to sign me or not? Like, this is the publishing publishing house I want to be with. So, you know. Right, yeah. And I guess he looked at her and said, you know what, you got you got balls. And he signed her. Well, good. You know? Yeah. But that's what wow. it takes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. In, Absolutely. In that business, you know, just because oh, yeah, of how sure. romance is often treated. I mean, yeah. And, you know, nowadays anybody can publish themselves on Amazon, but right. You know, it, and in some cases then, horrible, but in some cases, thank God, because you know, there are a lot of yeah, people that, look at like yeah. Judy. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was self-published right. and now mm-hmm. she's with a publisher and her books are great. And you know, <clears throat> yeah, there are so many people that we wouldn't have now access to their work. If it wasn't right. for, you know, self-publishing on Amazon. So you just start somewhere, you know, um, Anyway, we've gotten way off topic. What? We, uh, uh, yeah, well, we're 20 minutes in yeah, and I know, right? about whatever. All of that just to say that this this particular story was a novella, was in a 
you know, an anthology of several different writers, just like the other ones we've done. And they were all paranormal. Yep. And um, so that's why. And this was really, I mean, because I think we all know what a big, huge fan Nora is of paranormal. Oh, God, yeah. And you know what, though? Her paranormal stuff is so good. It really is. But as we've kind of said before, it doesn't really fit in the series. But I feel like with the novellas, Nora thought, this is my chance. This is my chance to really mm-hmm. kind of like yep. go all out with the yeah. paranormal and, you know, have yeah, fun with it. Yeah, and at least Eve wasn't possessed in this try one. That out, try that out with these characters. And yeah, Eve wasn't possessed in this one. But, you know, it's so funny because um, the the whole, the ending of this um, ends up that the person who did it right. is claiming to be possessed by by the ghost know. yeah yeah and um eve it, it's uh, i because i made a note of it it says eve let out a sigh kept her weapon down at her side oh step back ghosts aren't ridiculous enough now we have to go into possession <laughs> oh it's like well you just wait <laughs> you just wait eve it's coming for you. It's coming for you. <laughs> and like I said, you I actually enjoy. I actually enjoy that novella. I think it's funny, and I think Possession? it's just it's yeah. yeah. And I think it's very well written. And I'm like, I like this book, but it's like ridiculous and entertaining. It's, it's ridiculous. so ridiculous. Yeah. Like I mean. You know, I can get on board with the possession thing, but then all of a, a sudden she's got the tattoo no. and no, just fucking no. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But, you know, I mean, but yeah, it, it, this was her opportunity to, to, you know, stretch outside the boundaries oh, yeah. and write yep. some paranormal stuff that involved Eve and Rourke. And I thought, and I bet Nora was just like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She She's was probably all about it. Thrilled. So Tara's like, I hate this book. Fuck this. I don't hate this book. I just am like, uh by the end of the show, Tara, you will love this book. Okay. You will at least not hate it as much. Maybe. I don't hate it. I just don't like we'll it. <laughs> you will like it a tiny bit more. How about that? <laughs> I believe that. We always um, make I you like that. it. <laughs> we will make you like it. I mean that's a little much well I but is it <laughs> I don't know is it is it really <laughs> like, are you we sure will make you like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff okay so this one starts out with Eve and Peabody um, at the scene of uh, the murder of a Radcliffe C. Hopkins the third and he has been shot with a gun multiple times. Oh. And Peabody says, well, do you know who this is to Eve? You know? And Eve is like, yeah, you know, it's some dude with a it's fancy name. Dude. Um, and Peabody recounts to Eve um, his claim to fame. His grandfather was... Pop Hopkins, a 1960s rock star whose third wife, Bobby Bray, also a rock star, had disappeared without a trace. 
After that, Hopkins had turned into a recluse and had ended up dead after overdosing on some drug. His apartment where he had died was said to be haunted and had passed from one owner to another. Eve confirms that this is the building where Radcliffe Hopkins had died, um, and this is the building they keep referring to as number 12. Number 12. And the funny part is, and yes, there's funny parts in here, Tara. Oh, it's there are funny um, parts in this. Eve constantly being like, who gives a shit? Number 12. Well, Eve being irritated by how everybody's saying it. Like, because every time somebody says it, it's like, okay. number 12. Number 12. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell, guys? No. My favorite thing, though, my favorite thing, and I'm skipping ahead a little bit. My no, favorite thing in the entire book is work playing Bobby Bray's music and <laughs> freaking Eve out. Yeah. Which I was like, oh my God, that is the funniest fucking thing ever. <laughs> And she's like, you asshole. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, Eve says a couple of times, like people are saying number 12, like, you know, it's its own country or something like, Um, she's just so irritated by that. Everybody talking about number 12. It's like Eve's resistance to this kind of stuff is always entertaining. Right. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's the most entertaining part of this book. Her resistance. Yeah. to to that you know yeah i had to laugh because i told you guys last week that i finished born and they make a reference yeah. to her exercising a ghost in born and i was like oh yeah oh. see they do that they make a reference Every to her exercising a, a ghost they yeah they have never once made a reference to her being possessed no possession you're right because and that you was would stupid. think that that was a big that that would have been a big thing that That's people would have deal. talked about. Yeah, no, because uh, Nora probably realized, about. "Hi, that was dumb." <laughs> yeah. that I mean, was just he, fucking dumb. No scene where Peabody says, "Hey, I was thinking about making goulash tonight. Do you happen to still have the recipe?" Anything <laughs> like that? That would be really funny. That would have been funny. <laughs> no, but there's been nothing. Okay, yeah. So that's really weird. <laughs> no, that would be really funny. <laughs> so anyway, what I was going to say was like Feeney came in and said number 12 and and uh she says, "Geez, why does everybody keep saying that like it's his own country?" <laughs> and then later on she's like, you know, uh I think it's when Feeney says it is my favorite when she she's like every I mean, Feeney is beautiful and we love him. He's a treasure. Um, then later on, uh, who says it? I think it Peabody again says number 12 and, and Eve's like, stop saying that. I'm going to write an order forbidding anyone within 10 feet of me from saying number 12 and that, <laughs> what is it? Odd whisper. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. you know what? So th- this whole time I'm sitting there thinking because what happened was, you know, um, the grandson of Hop- Hopkins has bought number 12 mm-hmm. and he wanted to turn it into a club. Right. And at a certain point, I mean, we'll get to this, but at a, cer- at a certain point, uh, Eve asked Rourke about it and Rourke was like, yeah, I passed on it because haunted. And, um, <laughs> and uh, the whole time I was sitting there thinking Rourke, 
I mean, do you think he bought it after that? Like, I, I mean, I would mm. almost not be able to resist like making that into a club. Right? Yeah, making that into I a club know. that that has uh, dead. what hollow uh, versions of Bobby Bray yeah. like popping up every once in a while. Like, I maybe you can would. actually go into the apartment and see them reenact the the scene where she died. I mean. I had all kinds of plans for this club that that worked. Yeah, I think Rourke would do this. I think that's my new headcanon that Rourke, I mean, you yeah, know, I like it. I, I love it. That's fantastic. Bobby Bray. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have that as my headcanon too. <laughs> Honestly, like I just there's plenty of future left in these books. Rourke, get on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But also, you know, I just felt sorry for the um the son of this yeah. guy who like, you yeah. know. Oh my god, yeah. And shouldn't work by the building and give that I want to say kid, but he wasn't a kid, he was a man. Give that man yeah. some money. I don't no, know. I agree with that. I just want Rourke to like be to save the world, I guess, with his money. Well, that's what he does. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, for he, sure, he really Saving is the quite world generous with money. With his money. He really is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just plucked out connections the other night and was reading it, and and that's the whole thing with Rochelle and her brother dying, and right, um, yeah, and like the whole. That's one I've only read like and, twice. You know. Yeah. No, I've I think I've only read that one once, honestly. And I was just like, oh, this one looks good. I'm gonna grab this. Because yeah, I didn't want to read. I didn't want to go on beyond born because I'm like, uh, well, no, because I need it to be fresher <laughs> than that. But right. Um Yeah. 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 So So he saves the world with money. And maybe that should be a t-shirt. Rourke, saving the world with money. Saving the world with money. <laughs> That's our Rourke. That's our Rourke. Yes. For sure. So, I mean, you know, um, he's the I'm one sure. that can. So. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, so yeah, even Peabody tried to reconstruct the murder and conclude that since Hopkins' belong- belongings were still intact, this wasn't a robbery gone wrong. Then they hear a faint, windy sound, followed by a husky female voice whispering. Peabody is convinced that the building is haunted. Um, <laughs> Eve, yeah, and Eve's like, whatever, dude. Um, Eve explores the building, She's looking like, for no, a second exit. Happen. Yeah, it doesn't happen. Well, you know what? I'm with Eve, to be honest with you, but... Uh, I don't think anyone's surprised right? at that. But. You're like, but I would leave. Um, I'd probably leave too. Yeah. <laughs> um, she finds an unlocked window on the second floor. A little smear of blood on the windowsill confirms that the window had been used for escape. Eve also finds a hair clip that's clean. Uh, it's a diamond hair clip and it's completely clean. And she hears sounds coming from the floor above. And that led her to a skeleton hidden inside a hole in the wall. The skeleton holds the um, the mate to the hair clip that Eve found. So she's got a pair of hair clips, and the skeleton is also holding a gun. 
So yeah, so Eve finds this skeleton that has clearly been um, walled up, you know, kind of put into the wall and was just mm-hmm. found. And Peabody's convinced that this is the skeleton of Bobby Bray. This is why she's been missing all these years. Hop- Hopkins shot her and then opened up a hole in the wall, Walled put her, her in there, and then, yeah. Yep. Um, and that's what Peabody is proposing happened. They talk a little bit about Bobby Bray's like background. They discuss um, that Hopkins had a family that consisted of three ex-wives and a son, and that he had bought number 12 six months ago, and he was going to turn it into a club, but that project had stalled. And the renovation work um, just recently started up again. Right. So they're on their way to uh, go to the building where Hopkins lived. And they just find, they don't really find much in his apartment. I don't think. No, they really don't. A couple of messages or conversations on his link, papers related to the club, that kind of thing. Right. So this is when they leave and Eve contacts Rourke to ask him if he knew anything about number 12. No more. Yeah, Rourke's like, oh, oh yeah, it's haunted. (laughs) um curse possessed anyway so rourke tells her that um hopkins probably got the the building for cheap because nobody wanted it um there's all there's been all kinds of weird happenings there and no business that moves in there ever makes it and the last business i guess had a fire um so you know she says, the auction, you knew about it, right? And he said, I did. It was well publicized for several weeks. A building with that history generates considerable media attention as well. And she said, that, yeah, that's what I figured. If it was a bargain, why didn't you snap it up and add it to your mega monopoly board? And yeah, he says, haunted, cursed. And she's like, yeah, right. And then he just kind of looked at her like, yeah. Yeah, right. duh. And she just says, uh, okay, thanks. See you later. It's so disappointing for Eve that like no one sees it from her. I just, yeah, I like, love I'm that so Rourke is so you. willing to believe it. I just, I love that. Yeah. I don't know why. I just, I'm like, yep, that's completely in character for him. Yeah, he is 100% completely oh, open totally to it. Is. Yep. Yeah. It's haunted and cursed. Like, Duh. That's why I didn't buy it. Like, duh, yeah. I don't like, buy haunted and cursed buildings. Of course. You crazy. I wouldn't buy that. <laughs> but the funny part is, you know, Eve hangs up with him, you know? And uh, <laughs> Peabody's just, couldn't you just listen to him? <laughs> yes. Peabody, I mean, couldn't you just close your eyes and listen? <laughs> and Eve's like, snap out of it, Peabody. <laughs> <laughs> I just this book I found myself being like Eve does not have time for anyone to not agree with her on things to like push her in any way and it's so funny because like in this book her and Peabody like Peabody believing in everything being haunted and all of that like she does not have time for it and Nora does not have time for Peabody to do anything and be like, yeah, this is just how it is. And <laughs> yes. Like, so 
Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> so true. you yeah. were being kind of rude and like not considerate at all of her feelings, but also the book is like 79 pages or some bullshit like that. Like you, you don't have time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's one yeah. of the shorter novellas, actually. I just feel like I don't know. I like that scene. Like they've come so far in their friendship. Like where oh, yeah, sure Peabody's always kind of made jokes about Rourke. Yeah. But this time it's like yeah, she just new. doesn't fucking care. She's no. like, oh my God. <laughs> Listen to him. It's beautiful. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah. So I, I love it. <laughs> I mean, there are those people that, you know, I mean, have those voices that, you know. Oh God, yeah. I would listen to them reading the phone book. The or- phone book. That's an old reference because there's no phone books anymore. I was going to say dictionary. no, no. I still get phone books. <laughs> oh, do you? Yeah, what are phone uh, books? We never today? gave phone books every six months. I'm like, I don't need a fucking phone book. We like, never seriously, get phone books. Why are you? Why do you keep sending these to me? It's like, dumb. Stop. Stop it. So um, Hopkins's ex-wife and son run a uh, dance school. Yes. And so even Peabody stopped by there. His ex-wife is Fanny Gill and their son is Cliff. And Fanny hates Hopkins because he cheated on her and lost all of her money when they were married. Mm -hmm. Um, Although the son, Cliff, just met with Hopkins a few months ago and gave him money. But, you know. Didn't tell his mom. Didn't tell his mom because he felt like his mom would. And, yeah. I get that. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm like, I don't really blame him. No, not at all. So even Peabody go to the morgue and Morris is going over the, you know, gunshot wounds. And uh, they were looking at like how that could have happened. What, what could have happened there that he was shot. And then at one point he tried to crawl away and was shot some more. And, um, you know, they talked about like, how interesting it is, like what kind of wounds gunshots make and interesting, but horrifying. So of course, Morris is a a big fan of Bobby Bray, which nobody is uh, surprised at. Right. Eve's like, Eve's like, you're a little young to know about that. I'm like, Eve, what is wrong with you? Because she's like, I don't know anything about popular culture. No, she knew about Bobby Bray because, you know, she that's what she said to Peabody. You know, I know some pop culture, okay? Right. But then so. she gets annoyed because everyone else just knows more pop culture. Well, it's okay. not necessarily that they know more, but it's like, you know, they're so reverent. They care like, more. That's just not who she is. It's probably like the same way I feel about when people talk about Jim Morrison, like he was some sort of, you know, a God or something like he was so like, people talk about Jim Morrison, these reverent tones, like Jim Morrison, like he was so wonderful. So and mysterious. Like, and so like this and are that. Are you telling me you're a Morrison hater? I am. A, a, yes. What the fuck? <laughs> did you read? Did you read? No one here gets out alive. We cannot be friends anymore. Did you read No One Here Gets Out Alive? Okay, yeah. He's a dick. He was a dick. It was a complete, a complete dick. dick. Who, had that, dick. who right. had that one fucking 
black leather outfit that apparently he would never take off. He wore it for days on end. The only way they could get it clean so it wouldn't stink of his BO was to wait until he passed out from either drugs or alcohol. And then they would undress him and send. Yes, that was in this book. Among other things that made him seem to me like uh, the biggest dick that you could ever imagine. Like a narcissistic Ooh. asshole. Yeah, he's a big dick. I agree with that. But people still talk about him and like Jim Morrison, you know, like, you know. So that's, I'm just relating. I think it. Anybody that dies young like that, though, people are going to. Yeah, I mean, you're them. probably right. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, and that's the thing. Yeah. And, but in this case, Eve doesn't understand because, it. Like, like, if Jim Morrison was still alive now, would he be the big deal that he was? Probably, no, probably not. not. No. Yeah. Um, I just love the doors. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I they're okay, you I guess. You know, now I am... <laughs> what? I forgive you for your beaches, love, so... Yeah, I mean... It's I, now I'm sounding like one of the one of the guys that voted for people on in the rock and roll thing. <laughs> I don't have a problem with this move with their music. It just doesn't move me, you know. See, <laughs> okay, so when I was 12 years old, I think I saw the Lost Boys for the first time, mm-hmm. and "People Are Strange" is one of those songs that like defined my childhood. So, okay, that's fair. It is what it is. Uh, yeah, I mean, and I'm not saying that they didn't have good music. They had great music. Yeah, I just like don't. It. I just don't think it was good enough for all the reverence. We're talking about how he's garbage as a human, and that he's garbage. No, as he, he was garbage. a garbage human. He's but a garbage also, human. The yeah. music was not so great that it. Would receive like so much reverence. Dara you know? has something to say. Yes, Dara, what, what would you like to say? <laughs> yes, my I'm darling. I'm going to say this. I'm about to, I'm about to be unloved by Jen as well. I feel that way about Eric Clapton. Okay. Oh, <sighs> uh, yeah. Well, Eric Clapton is a garbage yep. human too. He's a garbage human. But garbage human. He's a phenomenal also, like, position. He's a good musician, but like I don't now that I don't know. I I listen back to stuff and I'm like, is it the best ever? Like I used to think. I don't. I don't think it is. I but he's pretty garbage. You know what though? He is. As far as guitar playing goes, he's one of the best. Yes. Yeah, sure. Like, inarguably. There's, there's no but, argument but there. I mean, he is one of the best. But not necessarily as a composer. As a player, yes. As a composer, yeah. I yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So. Yeah. Like, no, I agree. Like, Layla and Cocaine and whatever his other big songs okay, are. Okay, well, like, Cocaine is a stupid song. Okay, so Layla is one of my all-time favorite songs. I love it. I don't know why, I just do. I mean, yeah. But, and then there's also Tears in Heaven. 
Yeah, Tears in Heaven is. I don't bitch. actually. I won't listen to that song. I Jesus fucking I, Christ. I, I I appreciate his his personal emotional turmoil in which that is. Like I I will respect it, but I right. I don't like the song. That and well, that and you know the movie it went with was even worse. So. I don't understand like, why nobody is mentioning that um, that phenomenal song that he wrote, um, "Lay Down Sally." Lay Down Sally. Um, Lay Down well, Sally is. Good I was time. actually kidding about that. I will take Lay Down. It's Sally. okay. Yeah, it's, it's good time. Um, yes, but agreed. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just. I yeah, I don't know. I just feel like, but I'm just saying. No, he is he is human garbage. He is not a good person. But yes, I can I respect his music. I respect his musical ability. But that's that's just what AJ was saying about Jim Morrison. She's like, eh. right, yeah. And that this is how Eve is feeling about Bobby Bray. Like everybody's going on right. and on and on, and and Eve's like, I think so. I think she is. Like I don't understand all the reverence. Like you know. Yeah, it's just no, music. Although Eve it. is okay. not, I I don't think we've gotten any indication that Eve is a huge music buff. No, not I, at all. I would not so, ever think of Eve as a bad. music buff. No, I mean, I mean she didn't even know who like Jake's band was, whatever it's called. Like she was like, I don't know who that is. Yeah, and Avenue A is that yes, Jake's band? Yeah, yeah. so. Um, yeah, she's yeah, not. I'm sure Feeney tried tried his best to get her to really, he really appreciate. Did. He really good did. music, but it just because what is it? And what what book is that? That I think it's in Kindred, where the one the old lady is playing Springsteen on the piano, right? And he's like, okay. "Nice to hear the classics." And Eve's like, "What?" Yeah, <laughs> like, dude. She's so single-minded. She's so single-minded. She's so focused on oh, she's what so, her yeah. mission is in she life. Is, you know? It's so. like it's she not really even is. single-minded. She's just, just tunnel vision. Tunnel vision, like, like yeah, tunnel absolutely. vision. Mm-hmm. She's so focused on one thing. Yeah. So, all right. Again, we were off topic. That's okay. Again, we can get that's back all right. Again. Um, you know, our listeners like the long shows. So <laughs> they do. It's fine. They do. Fine. Um, so they're talking to Morris about Bobby Bray and he's like going on and on and about how, you know, she, you know, disappeared one day and number 12 and everything. And he says, uh, talk of her ghost haunting number 12 continues even today. Cold spots, apparitions, music coming from thin air. Did you get any of that? And it says, Eve thought of the snatch of song, The Deep Chill. What I've got potentially are her bones, and they're real enough. So she's already, you know, she knows kind of, she does kind of know what she experienced. Right. It's just her not wanting to. She's not going to accept it. No. So. Hi, Steve. (laughs) The girl said hi. I saw him back there wandering around. Yeah. (laughs) He's making coffee. (laughs) So uh, next she talks to Feeney. I'm trying to get it back on topic. Next she talked to Feeney. Um, 
<laughs> so he's uh, looking at the in- incoming call on Hops- Hopkins's link, as well as the 911 call that they got, um, because the voice was Bobby Bray's voice, you know, and so he was analyzing it. And he did say, like, yes, that is, in fact, her voice. Um, and he also finds some calls to and from a place called Bygones. Hopkins was trying to sell some of his belongings to bygones to raise money for his club. And, um, you know, I mean, he talks very reverently also about, uh, Bobby Bray and number 12 and all of that. Um, and I just like that he's, he's going on and on about it. And, uh, he says, Christ, Alice, what a place it must've been when it was still rocking. And she's like, it's a dump now. (laughs) She's not have time for this. (laughs) She's not have time for it. Poor Feeney. He's just like, nope. Yeah. I I, I did my best with you and I'm just done. Right. What the fuck? Well, and then he says, cursed. Like, this is the third person that's, or the fourth person that says to her, it's cursed, you know. And he says, he said so casually, she blinked. Get out. Are you serious? And uh, it's Feeney. It's Feeney, of course, (laughs) you know. And she says, um, the killer did the complete computer generate generated deal, used Bray's voice, probably pieced together from old media interviews and such. Unless you're going to sit there and tell me you think it was a voice from, you know, beyond the grave. And he it says he pokered up. I'm keeping an open mind. <laughs> God yeah. bless you, Petey. He really <laughs> love you. The greatest. So. He's the best. Yeah. So then um, Peabody tells Eve that she's found that the gun is in fact an antique from that time period. And the make was discontinued in the 1980s. So, you know, this thought of it's a, Mm -hmm. you know, recent gun. And also I think they, they find out, Oh, uh, Dickie Berensky confirms that the skeleton's height and weight matches Bobby Bray's when she disappeared. Um, and he's looking for medical records to verify. And a sculptor was working on reconstructing the face. All, he also confirmed that the same gun had been used to kill both victims. So it's the same gun. And they also find, yeah, they also find like brick dust or, you know, a drywall dust on the gun that's consistent with right. the brick and drywall that they found at the scene. So clearly this was a gun that had been walled up with Bobby Bray. Yep. And we're supposed to believe that Bobby Bray dug herself out finally after 80 years and shot his grandson or something. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Why not? They found that, you know, Hopkins had made some, uh, had sold some things to a place called Bygone. (laughs) So they decided to go over to that um, antique shop. And Rourke calls, and he agrees to meet her there. Uh, they are met by Maeve Buchanan, the daughter of Bygones' proprietor. She confirms that Hopkins sold several items from the 1960s to the 80s to them. Uh, her father and she are shocked to hear about this death. They discuss Hopkins' plans for the club and the curse of number 12. Oh! Uh, <laughs> <gasps> A Buchanan also shows Eve a portrait of Bobby Bray in which she was wearing the clips that Eve had recovered earlier. 
Then um, Rourke and Eve stop by number 12 on the way home. Eve thinks that Hop Hopkins killed Bray, built a wall to hide her body, and paid the cops to look the other way. She figures that this Hopkins um, was going to meet the killer and give the killer something. When he turned up without it, the killer shot him. This is her. Right. You know. Yeah. So they go to number 12 and they're outside of number 12. So Eve says a couple of people have some bad luck and nobody much wants to play in number 12 anymore. And Rourke says more than a couple. The building just squats here and everyone who's tried to disturb it for whatever reason ends up paying a price. And Eve's like, it's brick and wood and glass. <laughs> and Rourke says, brick and wood and glass form structure, not spirit. She raised her eyebrows at him. Want to wait in the car, Sally? <laughs> <laughs> and that's one of my favorite lines from the whole book. <laughs> oh, yeah. Pretty good. Love it. But of course, you know, he pushed her aside and walks in first because. Because you know, he's Rourke. I'm not scared. I'm Rourke. I'm not scared. <laughs> I'm a big boy. Right. Fucking work. So. Um, Fucking work. Stop being a dick, work. <laughs> so they get inside and they're looking around and she's kind of showing him like where the body was, blah, blah, blah. Um, and they hear a song being sung on the upper floor as the temperature drops dramatically in the house. A woman screams. They hear gunshots and a thud and as they reach the spot for a brief moment both see a blonde woman standing by the broken wall even sis this was all a trick and they kind of argue about it back and forth um because obviously rourke is like holy mother of god did you see what i saw like you know and she was like okay well it was a trick and he's like look you know i know i know fake you know visuals yeah when I see it. And that was not that. And he's like, okay, well, but somebody's doing something, you know? So. Oh, Eve. <laughs> so pragmatic. Like she is like, she's just not going to take it. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever bullshit nope. she thinks. No. On. Was it this book that he says that he's like pragmatism. Thy name is Eve. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Um, because, you know, um, he's saying, like, you saw her. And she's like, I saw shadows, maybe an image. If I saw an image, it was because someone put it there. Um, just like someone flipped the some switch to put on that music, got some electronic setup somewhere, triggered by remote, most likely. And... Uh, he said, you felt that cold. And she said, so it, he dropped the temp in here. He's putting on a show. That's what he's doing. Circus time. So the cop goes back and reports spooky happenings, apparitions, bullshit. <laughs> so, yep. Um, so they go home and of course he makes pizza. Of course. And that's what she does. Yeah. I mean, um, don't. Why not? Yeah. But I would make pizza every day if I could. I feel like that's one of the things that people in the reviews would be like, well, you know, um, check that off the list. Eve Eve wants pizza. Eve wants pizza. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) 
<laughs> Check that out the list. <laughs> it's so true. Like, oh, okay. I, I, sure, I hope I find that review. I am going to look for that review. It, it's got to be there. I'm going to put that in. It's got to be. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, they talk about the whole thing and Bobby Bray's ghost and et cetera, et cetera. And, um, and, you know, he again asked her, you know, if, if she, she saw what he saw and she says to him, I don't know what I see. And it says this sort of conversation always made her uncomfortable, somehow sticky along the skin because you don't see it if it's there to see until you're dead. But I don't believe the dead go all woo or start singing. The original Hopkins paid an investigation off. This killer wants to weird one off. It's not going to work. And he says, consider the possibility. Bobby Bray's spirit wants her revenge as much as you want justice. It's a powerful desire on both parts. He's not wrong. She says, that's not a possible possibility. And she's, he's says close minded. And she says, rational. <laughs> um well and she he, she says jesus rourke she's bones I mean, why now fair. then why here and now how'd she manage to get someone flesh and blood to do the dis to do the descendant of her killer if hop hopkins was her killer which hasn't even been proven and he says maybe she was waiting for you to prove it Eve says, oh, yeah, that's rational. She's been hanging around waiting for the right murder cop to come along. And maybe. Yeah. So, you they, know, Eve. <laughs> so, you know, so they have that. She's like, it just it all just pisses me off. And he says, fine, then, since it pisses you off, I'll just leave you to your serious work while I go waste my time. So they have that that argument. Well, you know, they have to. Yeah. It's the law for them to argue in a book. Yeah, check that off oh, the yeah, list. Check that off the check list. Check that too. off the list. <laughs> Pizza argument. Right. Um I think they do the thing. Yeah. Yeah, they do yeah. the thing next. <laughs> so because Eve starts to search on Bobby Bray's family, finds she has a sister, Serenity Bray, in a care center in Arizona. Um noting Bobby's age when she was born, twenty-two, Eve realizes that Serenity Bray was in fact Bobby's daughter. Uh, Eve goes to Phil and Rourke and Rourke. She goes to Phil and Rourke and Rourke's like, yeah, I already know that. So, you know, <laughs> I had forgotten about that when I read the book, I was like, Oh wait. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Now here's the thing, because we do have those reviews that are like, you know, she's never, she never says she's sorry. She always thinks she's so right. Blah, blah, blah you know, but she had, she did realize that you know their conversation of earlier was partially mm -hmm. her fault and you know that miscommunication happened or whatever so she says to him the reason why she's upset is like you know she says i have to live with so many of them they don't always go away when you close a case never go away if you leave a crack in it i've got a freaking army of dead in my head and uh, he said, whom you've defended, stood over, stood for. And she says, yeah, well, it doesn't mean they're going to say, thanks, pal, then shuffle off to the mortal whatever. And 
Brooks says, that would be coil. Um, and they've already done the shuffle before you get there. And she says, exactly dead, but they still have faces and voices in pain, at least in my head. I don't need to think about one wifting around, sending me messages from beyond. It's too much. That's all. It's too much. If I have to start wondering if there's some spirit hovering over my shoulder to make sure I do the job, which makes complete sense. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. And you know, once she said that, you know, it's, there's too much. I, I I don't want to think about ghosts basically sending me messages from beyond or whatever. And I was just wondering if part of that was her thinking about her father, like how frightening would that be if her father's actual ghost back and you know, so that might be part of why she's like, I don't want there to be ghosts. Right. Right. Yeah. That she's so adamant about it. That makes complete sense. Yeah. So yes, of course, after that, they do the thing. And of course they do the thing. <laughs> Check it off the list. They have to do the thing. I mean, you know. They have to. It's how it is. I mean, I forget which one. I forget which novella it is, but she had them do it at the fucking police station because they had to do the thing. Yeah, that's, we're going to have words about that when that comes up. Yeah, we are. That's Uh-oh. okay. Because no, that would not happen. Yeah. Day two comes around. Eve goes into work and is amazed to hear that the sweepers and EDD couldn't find anything electronic that could explain Eve and Rourke's experience last evening. Dun, dun, dun. And, you know, Peabody says to her, digging in, I found out two of the previous owners tried exorcisms, hired priests, psychics, parapsychologists. That kind of deal. Nothing worked. And Eve's like, gee, Mumbo didn't get rid of the jumbo. Why doesn't that surprise me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, good Lord, Eve. 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 Yeah. Eve, Eve. So at this point, Eve um, calls Serenity Bray's daughter, who admits that she and her mother know about their relationship with Bobby. Um, the daughter's name is, her last name is Sawyer. Um, tries to um, hide that she's Bobby Bray's essentially granddaughter because right. she wants a normal life, you know. I get that. Yeah. Um, even Peabody go back to Hopkins's apartment to look for the letters. Um, I guess uh, uh, Sawyer told them that um, they had at one time letters that uh, – Bobby Bray had written to Hop Hopkins or other people that kind of would to the daughter, um, right? Right, or to the daughter, um, right. yeah. That would you know indicate yeah. that the, this was in fact her daughter. So, so even Peabody go back to Hopkins's apartment to look at look for any letters, but they don't find anything. On their way to bygones, oh, also, so the daughter of Bobby Bray. Had the granddaughter, but she also had a son. Right. Who right. had gone into the military and I guess was um, missing in dead. action or presumed dead. Yeah. yeah during yeah. the urban Miss- wars. Yeah. Missing in action, I right. think. So um, Eve contacts, I think, Yancey and asks him oh. if, because they gave her, Eve, a picture of her brother right. when he was younger. So Eve contacts Yancey to see if he could 
recreate, you know, what would this person look like if he was aged another, you know, 60 years or whatever. They also go by bygones and find it closed. So they go to the Buchanan's home address. They ask Maeve about the letters, but she doesn't know anything about them. She does, however, mention that Rad Hopkins had tried to flirt with her and ask her out, but she turned him down. Which um, turns out to be a good. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> so Maeve asks her father about the letters. He doesn't remember any letters either. But he brings up uh, Cliff Gill, who was looking for the letters too. That's um, Radcliffe uh, Hopkins's son. Son. Yeah. So they go over to the school of dance and they find it shut down as well. Um, and it's because Cliff and his mother have been getting threatening phone calls because people <laughs> have found out who they are. Cliff claims to be looking for the letters that his father had mentioned. So then they're going to go back to Cop Central. And um, Eve says to Peabody, I want a quick consult with Mira and you can update the commander. And Peabody is still like um, not comfortable. She's like, Me? alone myself <laughs> and he's like well i expect the commander would be present as you're updating him <laughs> and pi said but you do the updates and eve says today you're doing it he's going to want to set up a media conference hold him off you know um so then she goes to um mira's office and they discuss bobby bray uh, Serenity, her daughter, her son, who disappeared during the urban wars. Mira says something about um, this would be pertaining to number 12. Two murders nearly 100 years apart. Your consults are rarely routine. Uh, Bobby Bray. And he's like, you too. People say that name like she's a deity. And uh, Mira says, do they? Apparently, my grandmother actually heard her perform at number 12 in the early 1970s. She claimed she exchanged an intimate sexual favor with the bouncer for the price of admission. My grandmother was a wild woman. Apparently, it wasn't granny style with Mira's grandmother. It was not granny style. (laughs) At least I don't. I wouldn't imagine. Yeah. It's so funny, you know. I I love how she puts these things because you know you would think like, oh, Mira's grandmother must be similar to her. For some reason, you don't think of Mira's grandmother being somebody who would exchange like a blowjob or something to get in to see a Bobby Bray concert, you know. But yet here, but also I appreciate that that is that is Mira. So. At this point in time, Eve gets the um, sketch from Yancey. This is um, Bobby Bray's daughter's son. So Bobby Bray's grandson aged out to how what age he would be now. And um, Eve totally recognizes the guy and asks Rourke to meet her at uh, Bygones. Mm-hmm. Um, so Rourke goes to Bygones first. Chats with Maeve about Bobby Bray's murder finally being solved. Um, so Mr. Buchanan arrives with Bobby's necklace that Rourke is supposedly looking for. He mentions in passing a bank box that Eve and her team have found containing letters, which is complete bullshit. He's just bullshitting them at this point. Because, um, yeah. 
at number 12, Eve and Peabody are setting up, setting up for a, you know, op, they're going to catch the killer. Yeah. And, um, they wait for the killer EDD and Rourke wait outside with all the equipment. Um, and of course, you know, now it's even Peabody in this scary place. And Peabody's all like, you gotta admit it's creepy. <laughs> this place gives me the jeebies. And Eve's like, keep your jeebies to yourself. We're set. I'm going up to my post. <laughs> and Peabody's like, you don't have to go up right this minute. <laughs> so it's Peabody's hand clamped like a bundle of live wires on Eve's wrist. Seriously, we've got plenty of room on the timetable. <laughs> and he's like, if you're afraid of the dark detective, maybe you should have brought a nice little teddy bear to hold on to. <laughs> so, poor yeah, poor Peabody. Yeah. And then there's, you know, Eve goes up to where she's supposed to be standing. And then right away contacts Peabody on her like mic and says, boo. <laughs> Peabody's like, that was not funny. Not funny. <laughs> it kind of is, but yeah. Kind of is, but also rude. Yeah. <laughs> so then they all start to hear a buzzing, but EDD's equipment picks up nothing. Or or okay, so even Peabody hear a buzzing. EDD's equipment is picking up nothing. They're also not picking up any bodies except for even Peabody's. Um, dun, dun, dun. Then all <laughs> the equipment goes off. And all the, you know, their communicators, everything, everything in EDD shuts down. And the temperature drops. Even her position on the top floor sees the ghost of Bobby Bray walk out. And I like whoever did this. This is so I'm looking at the timeline on the on the wiki it says mm -hmm. uh, in her position on the top floor sees and in parentheses the ghost of uh, Bobby Bray walk out. Uh, Eve follows her as she walks about talking to an invisible hop Hopkins. She announces that she's leaving and that she's tired of the drugs and she wants her daughter. Eve watches them argue. And at the climax, a gunshot sounds and a hole appears on Bobby's forehead. Eve turns at another sound and sees Mae Buchanan step out. Um, the killer wasn't as Eve suspected John Massey, but his daughter. And Maeve is claiming that Bobby is inside of her and that she killed Rad Hopkins as revenge. And that's when Eve makes the, you know, line about, you know, ghosts aren't ridiculous enough. Now we have to go into possession. <laughs> <laughs> then Maeve attacks. Wait for a few months. <laughs> yeah, you just wait. Right? Like you're, you're going to learn how to make goulash and get a tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> it's just gonna appear the tattoo is just gonna appear yeah um so Maeve yeah. attacks Eve with a knife and as Eve stuns her she feels cold like uh it says cold blows like something cold is hitting her on the back and she's also scratched by something mm -hmm. cold um and during all of this, she's like, okay, this is a little ridiculous. So she kind of calls out and tell, and just basically say 
to the ghost or whatever that she's going to charge Hop Hopkins posthumously for the murder of Bobby Bray. And as she says that, the wind dies down and everything goes back to normal. And then Peabody and the rest of the team burst in. And Peabody recounts how she couldn't get past a wall of bodies. Like she was downstairs and the next thing she knew was like a full club with people everywhere and she couldn't get through the like sea of people. Right. Um, that's that's unsettling. That's why she couldn't get to eat. <laughs> that is a little unsettling. unsettling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because all those people are dead. Well, obviously, because it was from the well, 60s. obviously, yeah. yeah. You know, she saw dead people and they were everywhere. Um, <laughs> I see dead people. <laughs> uh, so. Now and, I want to watch The Sixth Sense. Yeah. <laughs> You know the great thing about Sixth Sense that you could never, ever, ever experience again if you saw. Right. Did you see it in the theater? Yes, I did. Yeah, that that yeah. that moment yeah. at the end where everybody was like, <gasps> "Yeah, oh my god, yeah. he's dead!" Yeah, yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, and, no, and that's something it, that can never be crazy. replicated again. That was like one no, of the best. No, it was moments. so fucking good. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, it made M. Night Shyamalan a, a star. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he did some great movies after that. And but I know, don't think he ever, I don't think he ever really recreated success. Yeah. And then you look back and you're like, oh, well, of course. Right. You're yeah, seeing all no. these things, all these clues that you're like, well, what? Yeah. What? I mean, it's, it's like, it's laid out the entire fucking movie. Right. And, you and just then you're like, it. oh, brilliant well, it was duh, that brilliant. makes sense it was a brilliant movie oh so good brilliant. okay so good and scary yeah, that's a really brilliant good one. scary yeah 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 and i don't i am not a scary movie person i do not like horror movies and yeah. i don't like i'm really not a big fan of even like suspense movies yeah. and that one just it blows your mind it's so good it really is good so, um, but also, uh, Feeney's telling her that at a certain point, all their equipment died and they, and they also couldn't open the door and even Rourke couldn't open the door. And that's, they were all like, okay, Rourke if Rourke can't, Rourke open, can't open the door, that's a problem. That's a problem. Right. It's a ghost. <laughs> that proves it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so they get Maeve down to cop central so that they can question her. They, question her father first and um he confesses to them that he planted his id on another soldier and walked away from the urban wars he hadn't told Maeve about his past but she had figured it out eve blames him for knowing that Maeve was out on the night of the murder but not telling them um i mean they decide that it wasn't directly his fault but they could get him on an accessory to murder or for murder or after um, they take Maeve next. She still believes that she's Bobby Bray and claims that rad was hop Hopkins reincarnated. Rad and Maeve had uncovered Bobby Bray's body together. Maeve had returned and collected the hair clips, the gun and the ammunition. Then she called Brad Hopkins to number 12 and shot him. So then there's an epilogue where after Questioning Maeve, you know, Eve talks to Mira and Mira declares that declares that Maeve is legally insane and needs help. 
Eve claims not to care as long as she gets that help in a cage. Of course. That's right. Um, Eve wonders how May found out about her ancestry. Mira hints at er, Eve's earlier brush with the supernatural, but that possibility is set aside. Of Eve, course it is. <laughs> Eve finds Rourke in her office and he tells her to tend to her mm-hmm. injury and leaves. No, thanks, Rourke. I just waited here. <laughs> I, I just waited here to tell you to get that stuff looked at. So yeah, I got work to do. Bye. <laughs> um, Bastard. Alone, Eve Not files. Being a work. Yeah, right. He wasn't a dick. He was very supportive, but still. Yes, he was. Um, alone, Eve files her report. She also puts in a request for Bobby Bray's remains to be released to her, so that Bobby would get a proper burial. Who would have thought? Because Eve has no, yep. Eve is not, she has no heart and she's a horrible person. She has person no heart. And, she has no feelings. Right. She's <laughs> mean. Garbage. And, you know, the she's actual. She's a garbage human. She is a garbage human. And I think the, the actual <laughs> last lines were um, that night, you know, that number 12 uh, was finally silent. For the first time in finally- 80 some years was empty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah. Gives me chills. It's it's a good it's a good closing line. <laughs> yeah. It is. It is. Yeah. So Tara, after us going through all of that, what are your thoughts on this book? I still like I don't <laughs> like I think that I think that you think I hate this book. I don't. I just don't like it. I just don't care about it. I think it's because I don't care about it. Oh, I get it. Um, that makes yeah, sense. Like I feel about the yeah. same way. I don't. That really hate makes it. sense. Yeah. I, I, I've never hated okay. it. I've just never really been like, yay, this book. You know. I was gonna say, I, like, I don't think right. I've ever actually hated an in-depth book. No. I've no. just been like, eh, okay, this one was okay. But I think great. at the beginning, Tara, you had said something about you didn't really see a lot of the humor. There was the humor was missing. Or it wasn't as humorous well, as, as the other book, Eternity, just, which is Yeah, terrible, like, there's but... no great humor in it because Nora wrote it. Like, she writes all, like, mm-hmm. it's the same. Right. She does such a great job with it. Like, and what she really does well in all of her yeah. novellas is is still manages to give us the feel of writing a full book, I think, in these short novellas. Right. Yeah. This is no, the one that I never, agree with that. Like, there's yep. just not a whole lot that ever jumped out at me of being like, oh, that's one of my favorite funny lines, or I love this exchange, mm. or it's yeah. you know an interesting like the 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 suspects aren't interesting that you know and and I yeah. and I don't I don't dislike even this one, but I just because she doesn't have time to to I don't know to be a little more sympathetic toward the whole feel of it. Like, it's just not something that I like right. as much. Like, I just, you know. Yeah. No, I get that. I get that completely. Yeah. It's, so I'm just like, okay, I get it. I yeah. I accept it. I don't hate it, but I don't like it. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> it's yeah. all right. So. It's fine. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's still better than Possession and... What's the other one I really hated? I didn't hate it, but I really did not care for chaos either. 
Yeah. That was the other one. Yeah, that that one. Again, I'm going to have one. So I feel the same way about those ones too, but there's still moments in the book where I'm like, "Uh aha, that's great. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think Rourke is great in this book. Yeah. This is, is, I think, just good stuff for Rourke. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, chaos is one of those that I'm just like, no. (laughs) Like, I'm fine with, like, we've talked about this. I'm okay with the supernatural shit. I'm Uh fine with that. But for that to happen, that does not fucking happen. (laughs) That is not, like, any sort of, I mean, even in, really in fiction, it doesn't really happen. For the guy's body to change, like for his yeah. Well, it like, does though. If you think I mean, about I, like werewolves, okay, shapeshifters, well, but that's a but that's a completely different thing, right? Like, but yeah, that's somebody's body changing. Right. I mean, the 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 method, yeah, the reason why is different. To a monster out of the fucking. Well, I mean, some people <laughs> may think don't. a werewolf is a monster. Whatever. No. <laughs> okay. And they um, certainly don't change in front of a goddamn cop. Okay. <laughs> well, no. we'll, we'll talk about yeah. that, I guess, more when we we'll get to We'll talk about that when we get to chaos. Yeah. But Several months from now. I got yeah. issues. Um, so I did post a couple of quotes from this book on uh, Instagram. I got one. I got a lot of likes, which thank you all. Um, I got one feedback um, from um, Ducky's Cheeky Monkey. (laughs) Ducky's Cheeky Monkey. I love that. Yeah. Um, And she says, read the whole series for the first time earlier this year, minus the novellas that I did not know existed until midway through. Now, like a crazy human, I'm reading them all again with the novellas and with your podcast along the way. Aww. Um, not quite to Haunted. I love that. But overall, I think it's easier for Rourke to believe in the non-tangibles, fate, destiny, ghosts, etc. He is Irish. It is inherently part of his DNA. Mm-hmm. And she says, love the podcast, and it's a treat to deep dive this series with you all. So thank you so much. For that, that is so sweet. Um, and I'm very lazy you. and did not post anything on Twitter or Facebook about this book. I'm sorry. Well, that's okay. Sorry, guys. It's fine. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. Uh, we will share what you have to say in the review. The review. Yes. Yes. Yep. We will. Right. I'll post something later. And yeah. So, um, commendations. Do we have commendations? I'm going to go with Rourke in this one. Okay. I think he uh, he was pretty much well, the star. Yeah, that one was mine, but okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. Well, you can have the same one as me. I know. That's fine. It's fine. There's not a whole lot of, you know, yeah, he's very much. He's pretty much the star of this book. He did. Mm-hmm. He did a pretty good job. I'm pretty proud of him. Yeah, he's quite wonderful in this book. Yeah, Tara, do you want to stick with Rourke or do you want to? 
I will. I will. Well, since Rourke already got one, I'm going to give one to Feeney. Of course. Okay. I saw that coming. He honestly doesn't even have to do much. He just has to be there. He just has <laughs> to be. He has to be in a book. <laughs> he just has to be Feeney. Really though, like I, I really appreciate the little bit of time we get with Feeney in this book. He's yes, pretty, he's pretty great. I agree with that. Hundred percent. He's got he's got some zingers in there. And, yeah. Well, um, I'm gonna go ahead and give my commendation to Eve. Although, I mean, it seems logical <laughs> that that would happen, but um, <laughs> but just for I mean, I I realize that she's not into the ghost thing. I think I think internally she does kind of think that she did encounter a ghost, but yeah, her mind but she's just so not, stubborn. She just refuses yeah, to believe it. Yeah, yeah. What I appreciate about that is that she's unwavering. Right. Yeah. And and the reasoning that she gave for it made complete and total sense to me. I understood it. I appreciated that she went back to Rourke and kind of mm-hmm. apologized and, and explained to him her her feelings about the thing. Thoughts, and, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was that was lovely. I agree with that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as annoying as she was to me in this book. She, she was yeah. kind of annoying in this book. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, but also at the end to say, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and claim the bones of Bobby Bray if none of her family wants them and I'm going to make sure she gets a proper right. burial. Yeah. No, that was, was really sweet. nice. Yeah. You know? Yep. Um, yep. Agreed. So I don't know if I would do the same for Jim Morrison. I was no, just like, you let wouldn't. his bones rot. Who the fuck cares? Yeah. Fuck him. I'm kidding. I would probably do the same. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, isn't he already buried? He's somewhere? already buried. He buried if in, I found the bones in London or something, I don't know. He's, he's buried in, in France, in Paris. France. That's right. Yeah. But I knew somebody at one point in time who did say that they were in Paris. Um, this was, they'd taken a trip to Paris in like the 90s, 80s or 90s. And swore up and down that they actually saw Jim Morrison after having seen, went to visit Jim Morrison's grave. And then afterwards was walking down the street past a, like a bistro. And she said, she swore she saw Jim Morrison sitting at a table. Well, it's like all the people that have seen Elvis. Yeah. Yeah. I I was like, okay. Yeah. All right. Whatever. So yeah. Good for you. No. He's most sincerely dead. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. He is dead. But um, anyway, so yeah. So that's the book. Uh, yeah. And it was a short and one. But somehow we managed to get an hour and 48 we minutes. We off topic so <laughs> Out of this tiny little book. Yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> is it going to be like, I hate this when she's editing us? Yeah. Well, you know what? It'll be fine. I, I don't know. It'll mind the be editing. fine. The off-topic stuff we talked about wasn't that. Bad. I mean, it was. Yeah. It was funny stuff. So I enjoy the challenge. So, um, but maybe we should talk about podcast business. Yes. Bring it on. We had an email that I think I missed. That oh. I was going to read last week, and then I forgot. Oh, well, that's not good. Um, and it's and it's really interesting. It's a really interesting email, and this is from Jean Jeannie Topic. Oh, okay. And the subject is even Rourke's wedding, and it says, um, "Hello, 
Readers never got many details about Eve and Rourke's wedding. Why not have an episode that speculates on the details? What music did she choose as she came into the arbor? Who was the best man? What did they serve their guests? Um, did Eve throw her bouquet? Who caught it? What was their first dance song? Readers could have a lot of fun as wedding planners. I love that. That's a great idea for a show. That is a great That's fucking fun. idea. Yeah, Let's we should it. do that. We should definitely we gotta do, do it. That. That's going to be fun. Yeah. Because, really yeah, like we can get some really good ideas from our listeners. Yeah. And I think, I think we all would have really good ideas. You know, it'd be really fun too. Um, because we're having Susan Erickson on the show and we're just going to basically, we just, we talked about, we just want to basically talk to her about this series. Right. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. it'd be fun to ask her some of these. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think? That would be fun. Yeah. No, I love that. Um, oh yes, please. <laughs> like, yeah. What do you think about it? We could do that. Fighting? We could, we could do that topic after the Susan Erickson show and be like, well, yeah. Susan Erickson thought, you know, in answer. To yeah, this question, no, that's blah, fun. Blah. I love it. Yeah. That's fantastic. So, yeah, we're going to put that on the, we're definitely going to put that on that the- That is uh, definitely on the list. On the How list. have we not even thought of that before? I don't know. Like, seriously, like we're always There's, trying to come up with shit. We're are like, so much oh, more clever what are we going to do us? this week? We don't have a book or review the reviews. What are we going to do? Talk about? Yeah. How have we never thought of that? Like, I, seriously. This is why we ask the listeners, what should we do? Because we know that they're better at it. Than right. We are. Yeah. They're, smart, they're smarter than us. Yeah. Absolutely. Guaranteed. Yeah. They're guaranteed smarter than us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, let's see. Um, um, I know we had several comments from our last, the, we review the reviews episode. Oh yeah. We did. Michelle K says, I need that t-shirt. Give Rourke more blowjobs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. So Hearts Linus book says, I usually listen at work, but currently off with a sprained lower back and hip. Oh. oh, hope you girls don't make me chuckle too much. My body won't be able to take it. Well, um, I, I was just saying, like, do you have any suggestion for her of oh, how yeah. she can recover? I can, more I can quickly? send her some. I can send her some therapy suggestions. So I had this uh, very fun uh, back and forth with um, S.J. Tilly, who uh, commented because um, you know I was I think in the clip we were talking about how. You know, people are saying this is a sex book, you know. Oh, yeah. And yeah, she commented, oh, my God. Yeah. And she commented, (laughs) oh, my God, some people. And I answered back and I said, honestly, we've done limited research, but have so far found that the books with oral sex in them get more too much sex reviews. It's both fascinating and horrifying. And she answered back. What a bunch of prudes. I was reading reviews for an audiobook the other day, and there were several praising the book for not being full of graphic sex. Needless to say, I didn't download the book. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Maybe this love one's that. for me. We need to have her on again. She's yeah, fantastic. She was. She really was. She was so much fun. Yeah. Um, Dover 54 said, Oh, that two star review totally pissed me off. How dare someone decide when someone else should be over their trauma. Right. 
Yeah. For real, though. Like we said. Bullshit. Bullshit. Yeah, you don't get to say. No. So I think that's it for my comments from last week's show. Yeah, I don't... That's what I was doing when you were reading the one post. I was looking for... I was looking at Facebook to see if we had any from last week. I'm still laughing about Tara France's um, Nathan Pillion post. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Why do you not like him? I'm like, oh, let's talk about it. We We have a new member in our Facebook group. Oh, Oh, yeah. Michelle Adele Kenyon. She said she found this podcast a few weeks ago and she's loving it. Listen to two of the more recent ones and then decided to go all the way back and listen from the beginning. I'm loving all your insights. Just finished Holiday and Death and enjoyed all the wonderful tangents. <laughs> We're good at those. And another new member. Alicia Ortega found your podcast about a month ago and have enjoyed it. I tried to listen to it in order, but I did start jump, jumping around. Spoiler, just listen to the Candy Thief episode, and I think Feeney was the original Candy Thief, but before he left for the electronics department, he got the squad to keep the tradition going. I like that. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's plausible. That's fair enough. I like that. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I don't think yeah, we don't have any comments on the last episode. So Okay. All right. Well, um, so I guess that's it then for this episode. And plus I have to go because like my my uh yeah, pork is still in the uh is in the smoker and I was like, Oh shit, yes. I was supposed to take that's it out like we, an that's hour. That's why we did this early. Yeah. Listen, so, I can't wait to hear about but it. I'm glad yeah. we did it early because yeah, it's not even ten o'clock yet. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna there you go. Go excited for later night because I worked last night, so I'm ready for sleeping. Um, Me too. Yeah. So we really haven't talked about what we're gonna do next week, but we'll come up with something as yep. usual. We always do. <laughs> yeah. Um, until then, you know how to get a hold of us. You just. Um, mm-hmm. Find us on any of our social. Now, Caitlin's calling me. It's like chaos here right now. Chaos, yeah. Um, so you gotta go, Caitlin. Yes, I gotta go. You know, so um, <laughs> yeah. Find us on all our social medias by searching for Podcast and Death on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We're also on Discord. Um, and give me the link. Let us know. Yeah. Um, send us an email at show at podcastanddeath.com. Visit our website, podcastanddeath.com, or call the number. That number is 205 476 2753, and that spells out 2054 Rourke. So, call the number. Call that number. Um, and so, yeah, that's it for this episode of Podcast and Death. So, for Podcast and Death, this is AJ. I'm Jen. This is Tara. And we'll see you next week, guys. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye. It's fine. It's so funny. Thank you for listening to Podcast in Death. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star review on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would greatly appreciate it. Podcast in Death is hosted by Amy Ryan, Jen Terpstra, and Tara Corkery, and is edited and produced by Amy Ryan. 
The opinions expressed on this show are for entertainment purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the in-death fandom at large. Podcast In-Death is not in any way affiliated with Nora Roberts, Berkeley, Penguin Publishing Group, or St. Martin's Press. Our theme song is Justice Never Sleeps by Cosmo and is available on Shutterstock.com. This episode and all of our previous episodes are available at podcastindeath.com. Have something to say? You can email us at show at podcastindeath.com or find us on social media by searching for Podcast and Death on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, you can call us and leave a message at 205-476-2753. That spells out 205-4-ROARK. Thanks again for listening. And in the immortal words of Brian Kelly, fucking slouch it to you. Oh, my God.